bless you. God bless you, worship team. Praise God. Yes, let's give them some love tonight. Why don't you take your Bibles with me and go to Malachi. Malachi, the fourth chapter. Don, I'm going to switch mics on you. Malachi 4 tonight. And as you're turning there, I've got some announcements I'd like to share with you. Um, there's going to be a teen encounter day for the girls. And that's going to be this Saturday. And uh, all the teen girls are invited. You can find some more details. We'll scroll the slides here at the end. Also, there's a men's event uh, this Saturday out at uh, Chris Strawn's ranch. And uh, there's going to be some uh, fishing and shooting. And I don't know for sure, but they may be eating what they kill. So I don't, maybe there's some burgers on top of that. All right. Uh, the, the Flourish Ladies Ministry uh, is going to be having uh, dining out on Sunday, March the 27th, right after service. And also, men, if you would like to, uh, there's still ample time if you want to register for uh, the men's retreat. It's going to be an excellent time as we come together. And so, uh, if you will, that's going to be on uh, April the 7th through the 9th. And you can find the details. You can click the QR code there. Also, we're going to be having a... We're going to have an extravaganza. Um, that's the Saturday before uh, Easter. And so bring your family out, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, anywhere from toddler to fifth grade, we're going to be hunting, uh, going out, and just filling them full of candy, playing games, bounce houses, light lunch. And so uh, we are collecting candy right now. So when you think, when you go to Walmart, just think it, chocolate, chocolate, okay? It's more about me than the kids, but chocolate. Amen. Are we okay? We're not okay. Uh-oh, something happened again. Okay. All right. Giselle is trying to translate back there, and she can't hear me. So she's probably making up her own message, and probably better than the one we're preaching tonight. <laughs> I am not repeating. Watch the slides. Praise God. Also, one thing that we don't have, uh, we do have an overhead for that, but there's going to be a service on April the 1st. That's going to be a Saturday. This is not April Fool's Day. It's not April Fool's. It's an actual service that's going to take place at Trinity. There's going to be several speakers. It's called Revive 2022, and that's Trinity Assembly of God. You can get the uh, details on that online. And um, there's gonna, Rick DeBose is going to be there, Joe Olden, Cindy uh, Jacobs is going to be there. And so it's going to be a... A fun-filled day of just receiving the word and so if you'd like to participate just everybody can make their way up there when they can amen all right let's look here in Malachi the fourth chapter Malachi 4 I'm gonna read just one verse here Malachi 4 in verse 2 the title of this evening's message tonight is son of righteousness son of righteousness and I want you to notice the spelling and we'll talk about that in just a moment but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stalled fed calves. I'm sorry, your diet was just blown. <laughs> what? Malachi 4.2. They just now got it. Let's read it again. But to you who fear my name, 
The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow like, like grow fat like stalled-fed calves. That's supposed to be a good thing, okay? It's supposed to be a good thing. Amen. So, you know, sometimes we get it, sometimes we get it mixed up. So let's look here. Now, next week, next Wednesday, will be uh, Clayton Yak will be ministering, and that will initiate and start the trauma support group. Uh, and so uh, he'll give more details as he ministers and talks about trauma next week. And then on Wednesday night, about once or twice a month, depending on the schedule that he's able to keep, uh, he'll begin to talk about, begin to open that up. And so I hope you're excited about that, and I know God's going to be doing some things. Yeah, we'll still be having regular Wednesday services in here, uh, but that class will be going on at the same time. So as we talk here about the Son of Righteousness, I, I'll tell you, I, the Lord has just begun to open up to me, as I mentioned already, just a domino effect of revelation that has literally transformed the way I think about God, the way I think about myself, the way I think about the church, the way I think about the purpose that we have. And it all pertains to this, this one word right here. In fact, every time I read it now in the Word of God, I read through a new lens. And when I see in the Word of God, I just I chuckle. Every time that I look and see this word, this word righteousness. Now, as we look here, notice there that there is a descriptive name of Jesus. He didn't, Malachi wrote by the inspiration of the Spirit, he called him the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness. Now, he probably and realistically did not have all the scientific discovery to know how far the Son was away from the earth. He probably did not know that there was a, 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 a mass of nuclear explosions that take place continuously. He probably did not have the reading readout uh, and, the, and the knowing that it takes eight minutes for the light to reach the earth from the sun. He, he, he didn't have the understanding of the size of the sun as being so much larger and so much bigger than the earth. Maybe he had a grasp on solar systems and stars with the magi and such and the, and, the, and the understanding in that day. But let me tell you, what he did understand as he wrote this, I believe, the S-U-N of righteousness, he understood of the value and the necessity of the sun. Because if there's no sun, there's no life. If there's no sun, there is no morning. If there's no sun, there is no, you might as well count it out. You don't need an evening. We must have the sun in order to have life. Descriptive name. But I want to submit to you to, to this evening that the righteousness of Christ is as important as the sun is to the earth. The sun that illuminates in the sky that makes up 99% of our solar system that is so massively larger than the earth, just as important as the sun is to earth, the righteousness is equally as important to humanity. Now, 
we understand that there is photosynthesis that takes place. We understand that the weather is affected by the sun. We understand that there is no life because if there was no sun, there wouldn't be no plant life. If there's no plant life, there's going to be no oxygen. The, the, the plants, which are called the lungs of the earth, they couldn't, they couldn't excel the, the, the oxygen and we could not, in, we could not have the ability to exhale the carbon dioxide, that, that, that monoxide that actually, is it dioxide or monoxide? I don't know. Dioxide, okay. Let's make sure we had some elementary teachers in here to teach me. We wouldn't have that, that, that process that took place. In fact, it would be a cold, miserable time, and there would nothing would be growing, and it, but our life here would be relatively short. Now, as we look here, what we have to begin with is we realize that the righteousness is massively important. Just like the, the, the solar, the, the sun makes up 99.8% of the mass of our solar system. 99.86% of the mass of our solar system is made up of the sun. It's 333,000 times larger than the earth. It's a little bit bigger. That's why the Lord Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto every other thing will be added to you. If you will go after the kingdom and his righteousness, his righteousness all the other things that we try to seek after all the validation all of the all of the strength all of the want all of the need will will be there in his righteousness so why are you going to seek it first what do you look for when you roll out of bed in the morning the reason you roll roll out of bed because you're expecting the sun to rise up so as we look here we see righteousness also, likened to the sun, righteousness draws us. In fact, the whole solar system uh, keeps us connected. Amen? Uh, righteousness draws us to God. You know, the magne uh, magnetic field of the sun is 3,000 times stronger than that of the earth. You know why we don't spin off the earth and out into the abyss? It's because of the drawing of God. You know why humanity has hope? It's because of the drawing of the Father. But see, righteousness causes me to be more than I can be in myself. If we were able to stand on the earth, on the sun's surface, which I don't recommend, because it's 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit on the surface, and it's uh, something like 28 million degrees at the center. I don't know what thermometer they checked it with, but man, that's got to be an expensive one. But if we were able to stand on the sun, I'm sorry, your diet plan would be totally out the window because you would weigh 28 times more than what you do right now. If you weighed 100 pounds on earth, you're going to weigh 2,800 pounds on the sun. But you know, we could take 
I believe it's a, if, if my numbers are right, you could take a million, you could take a million earths and set them in the center. Nine hundred, let me exactly, nine hundred and sixty thousand earths could feel. That's how many it would take to feel the the circumference of the sun. Nine hundred and sixty thousand. So what I'm saying to you tonight is this: the SUN is in our solar system. It is the center of our solar system. What we understand is that Jesus, the SON, is the center of our life. And that he is in us and we are in him. So we are 28,000, 28, 28, 28 times more than we would ever be in ourselves. In fact, we're a million times more in him than we could ever be within ourselves. Is the point I'm trying to make. Very feebly, but I'm trying to make it. Greater is he. Where? In me. Greater is he that is in me. You mean to tell me greater is he? He's 28 times greater than the one that's not in me? He's, he's, um, he's a million times more in me than I could ever be in myself? Do you mean the son of righteousness lives inside of here? See, if you, we don't get a real understanding of what righteousness is, this message has no meaning. And I would say to you, most messages will have no meaning. We got to take and wipe off the dry erase board definition of man's definition of righteousness we need to get the chisel and the hammer and start hammering into our heart in fact the Holy Spirit has already done that if we'll just listen he's already chiseled the true meaning of righteousness inside of us if we just receive the revelation of the word we need God to imprint upon us the knowing of who we are in Christ and what he's really, truly, radically, and emphatically has done for each one of us. The righteousness, I, I'm going to keep going over this until I get it so deep down in my spirit that it's in my knower knows. And my, when my knower begins to know, then everybody's going to know. Because you got to get your knower on board, amen? Your, your understanding has to scoot up to the table you've got to set him you've got to listen what the holy spirit says and and why jesus said that when the spirit when i ascend to the father i'm going to send back the one who's going to let you know what's going on he's going to let you know who you are he's going to remind you that you're free and whom the son is set free is free indeed and everywhere he goes and everywhere you sense his presence you're going to know he's bringing liberty with him but he's going to convict the world of sin and of righteousness. This word righteousness, we have, I have lived just wonder if you heard that. <laughs> Many times we look at righteousness as a verb. Righteousness is a noun. In Spanish too, praise God. 
and in Greek and in Latin and in every other language in the world. It is, it is a noun. A noun is a person, place, or thing. A person, place, or thing. Now, as we look at righteousness as a noun, we, we, we see, as we have already looked at, but we're going to look at it again, righteousness is, is justness. It's when we take righteous and we put the N-E-S, the suffix on the end of that, what we're declaring is, what the Word of God declares to us is that is a condition. It's a state. It's a place in which we occupy. It's where we are in Him and we, we find ourselves planted in part. We are living in the condition of righteousness, which is the approval of God being accepted of the Lord, being the, what we ought to be. And I, I love that because righteousness uh, is a condition, but the state of him who is such as he ought to be. That's straight out uh, of, the, of the Aramaic language. He is in the state of who is such as he ought to be. The condition of acceptable to God. And God is the source and the author of that righteousness. But we've been taught righteousness is what we do. Righteousness is what we wear. Righteousness is this and righteousness is that. That tells me if I could obtain righteousness by my do's and my, my, my that's, then I have no need of the sacrifice of Christ. But when I begin to understand Righteousness is not an action, but a righteousness is a condition. It's a place. It's where I occupy. The Bible says it's a gift. It's a gift. Is salvation a gift? Then righteousness is a gift. What is that gift of righteousness? It is in Christ through Christ, by Christ. You can't have it outside of Christ. Who would want it without him? Who would want a righteousness without the author and the finisher of that righteousness, that faith that, that we have in that righteousness, that acceptance that we have in him? I'm accepted in him. It is a condition that will cause things to begin to happen in my life. When I'm approved, divinely accepted, and I have accepted that, that what he has done, the work is complete. I'm not striving to that, to that place anymore to, to, to get to the point where now I can stand in confidence before God because now I have done all of the rituals that, are, that, that man has subscribed, and now, God, I can have your righteousness. No. Righteousness is a condition that will bring me to a position, just like the son of righteousness, that will begin to cause a 
transmission. Do you like that alliteration? What? It's on? Off. Good night, Irene. Could I offer any more distractions than I am already? Okay, everybody, just close your eyes and listen. Lord, cast this spirit of annoyance out of me. So, shoot, gosh dang, is what my two-year-old granddaughter would say. The sun, S-U-N. It doesn't work to be the sun, it's just the sun. Why? Because God spoke it into existence and it's there. It's the condition of the sun is just always doing what the sun does. It's not convinced that it's got to do something else, it just does it. And then you take the sun and where's the sun? It's positioned. The condition of it is it does what it does because that's what it's made to do. And so it is now elevated to the place and there is a position in the heavens where it occupies. And now as a result of that, there is a transmission. See, it doesn't work to be what it is. It already is what it is. And folks, when we step into the kingdom of God and we say, Lord, you are Lord. I'm no longer Lord. You're Lord. You are Lord of my life. Guess what? Now uh, the righteousness is imparted to me in him, through him, by him, into me. And now I am who I should, should have been from the beginning. But it was I was born into a world of dysfunction, disorder, and all out of alignment. I was born, Tommy, with an alienated mind, but I was not born again with an alienated mind. I have an aligned mind with the Lord. Ray, I'm not who I was. I'm someone brand new because the brand new one lives on the inside of me. But if I personally could learn and understand what the Lord has done, I am in the state of righteousness. This is my condition. And when I begin to realize that, holy moly, I'm now, she ain't the only one to stand on the pews, come on. Now, I'm not where I was. I'm repositioned. I'm repositioned. Wasn't any man on earth that put me there except the one man that came and walked perfectly. And now the sun just does what the sun does. The S-U-N, the S-O-N, he transmits energy, light, life. My God in heaven, if we'll get this, the devil is going to get on the run. He's going to run from the sun because he's a child of darkness and all he has is darkness. He has no match for the light of the righteousness of God where the kingdom of God is in peace and joy and the righteousness of the Lord. Seek you first the righteous, the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, his righteousness and all these other things, church, will be added unto us.
1 Corinthians 15, 34, awake to righteousness. Oh, do not sin. Oh, once you awaken to righteousness, I, let me tell you, I don't have any desire for those things anymore because righteousness, I awoke to righteousness. That, that, that bill popping, uh, uh, smoking, uh, pipe smoking uh, uh, person, uh, that person who uh, needed that line of coke and that beer to cope, uh, let me tell you, I don't need that anymore because that's not who I am anymore. I'm not a broken vessel. I'm not a victim. I'm victorious through Jesus Christ. How is that possible? Because he paid for it. He paid for it. Oh, bought us with a price. Why would I want to go back and feed from the slop buckets when there's been a table laid for me at the king's table? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. Let me tell you, there's a victory that'll conquer cravings. There's a victory that'll conquer worthlessness, self-worthlessness. There's a victory that'll run insecurity right out of your yard. There's a victory that'll cause you to walk with your head, with your, your shoulders back and your head held high. There is a victory in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of God. Just imagine if we got out of this dis defunct thought process. But God came along and saved us like he would any feeble animal. And then he just chained us in the yard and threw scraps at us just to keep us alive. There's too many in the kingdom of God in the Father's house that are eating things that they don't need to eat because they don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. I want to be as I ought to be. You don't need me to be anything other than what I ought to be. My wife needs me to be as I ought to be. My children need me to be as I ought to be. My grandchildren need me to be as I ought to be in Jesus. I don't need some defunct method or methodology in order to, to be what I ought to be. I just am because he is and he lives on the inside of me. I have tried in every means possible. The Holy Spirit has, has, has revealed, and, and I try to frame it in every way that I can to, for us to discover who we are in God. Righteousness is a gift. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. What will happen? It will reign, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. If you want the scripture reference to that, that's Romans 5 and 17. There's a gift of righteousness that we received at birth. Rebirth. 
And I said, Jesus, I surrender my sins, my past, my present, my future. Save me, be my Lord, and he imparts to you and I, give you my salvation, I give you my righteousness, and walk in the righteousness that's in me. See, we can't have righteousness outside of him. Righteousness is in Christ. The Son of righteousness. What does he have? He has healing in his wings. You know what righteousness will bring? It'll bring healing to our broken hearts and our broken homes and our broken despair of our life. This righteousness, this this declaring of the approval of God and that we are accepted by him, we'll stop looking for acceptance on the outside because we'll realize there's a condition of acceptance on the inside. There's a divine approval that is in here. Oh, you don't know what I endured. The beautiful thing is, is it doesn't matter. You could take the sum total of every nation and every generation and lay it upon Jesus, the sin that he bore. But when he rose again on the that third day he didn't rise a sinner oh no he buried the sin and he put it where it belonged but when he rose again he rose as a divine human and now he is at the right hand of the father you and I have been set free by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and as we walk and as we talk what we understand is we are his and he is ours definitions I gave you of righteousness is the very, it's the, it's from the root meanings, the root meaning of the word of righteousness in the word of God, divinely approved, accepted by God, righteousness that is sourced from him. If when we begin to realize that, and we start seeking after his righteousness. There is, I, I love the word of God, and I won't take a, a whole lot of time, but we'll probably get back around to this. But you know, the righteousness is also called a, the scepter of righteousness. The scepter of righteousness. A scepter in the, in the biblical context, we see that in Esther. How that she was the bride of the king, the wife of the king, she was the queen, but she could not go into the throne room at any given time unless he lifted the scepter. Then she was allowed to come in, 
to his presence. And you see there in, in chapter 4 and chapter 5, uh, that happened. It occurred. She's like, I can't go in if you don't raise the scepter. But he raised the scepter and she came on in. Let me tell you, God the Father raised the scepter of righteousness uh, 2,000 years ago. And he says to his bride, come on in. What's your request? What's your request? But God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit uh, didn't just leave the scepter. He said, now I'm going to entrust you. I'm going to give you my authority. It is directional authority. You're going to point the scepter, and now you're going to allow those things to come in, or you're going to allow those things to be denied because you are walking in not in your righteousness, not in your authority. You are walking in my authority. How important is righteousness? It is just as important as the sun shining in the sky. If we don't have righteousness, we don't have life. If we don't have righteousness, church, we don't have any measure of confidence. You know the one scripture in John that says, if you have confidence in God and your heart fails you not. Somebody, somebody look that up for me right quick. If your heart fails you not, do you have confidence with God? I have pondered that sucker for years, pleading with God for confidence, pleading with God for, Lord, I, I want to know the root meaning of the cup. What is this? What does this mean? And he goes on to say, God is greater than your heart. What is he saying to us? He's saying that I put something in you that's greater than you. I have put a confidence in you that's not measured by you. It's measured by me. And if you'll understand that it's measured by me, you'll start measuring it by you. Don't make me say that again by the recording. Listen to it online because I don't think I can. Measure your righteousness according to him, not your righteousness according to you. Oh, my Lord God, I don't have to work to be accepted. I don't have to work to be approved. I don't have to. I, I just said, Daddy, I need something. And he said, Son, come here. I'll give it to you. Why? Because you're in me and I'm in you. And now you're going to walk and you're going to ask for the things that are not going to be pleasing to me because you know what my heart is. And I know what your heart is. And when you feel like you're failing and you can't make it anymore, you're not going to draw from your strength. You're going to draw from my strength. I felt my hacky sack days coming back. Did y'all see that? Anybody ever hacky sack? I impressed myself. Anybody ever hacky sack? You know what I'm talking about? All right, thank you. It was always my trick doing that right there. Kick one over your head and you just, I don't know where that's going, but it's probably nowhere good. I want to awaken. See, once I woke to the measure of righteousness that I understood, I didn't sin anymore. It didn't mean I didn't falter and fail. But as long as I understand I'm in him, and there's no temptation that to befallen me except what is common, See, but you can keep drink, drinking from that broken, trying to go to that broken cistern that you made, you dug it out. You're just waiting on the benevolence of someone to put it in or God to drop it in. And that, that cistern will never hold water because you made it. 
it's not ever going to satisfy you. Your righteousness will never satisfy you. It's always, it's going to, in fact, let me just go as far to say to you, God's going to break every, he's going to shake the foundation. It's going to disrupt all of the man-made cisterns that the church is going to have to return to the fountain of living water. He, he's going to take us to the place that we're going to drink, and we're going to drink from that fountain of living water and realize that, hey, the righteousness of God is all right. Amen. It's the best place I can be. I want to be so free that nothing bothers me. Amen. I want to be so free. I want you so free that nothing bothers you. That you don't walk into a room and feel like a freak. That you walk into a room and you're like, hey, I don't have to impress. I just, I, I'm impressive because God lives in here and I'm not talking arrogance. This is the tabernacle of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Think about it just a moment. Where did he choose to occupy? It's in our heart. It's his design. He wants you to walk with him and in him. Oh, Father, give us a revelation of righteousness. Let us awake to righteousness. I want you to delve down deep. I want you to study it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal his righteousness to you. And then what in the revealing of that righteousness of himself to you, you're going to discover all the things that were not of him. Because all the things that were not of him, they don't have any life in them. They're a life without light. See, without the sun of righteousness, darkness will cover your land. There is a darkness that will hover over Egypt. But to the covenant people that are in Goshen, they said that light was shining. Light was shining. And see, he became sin for us. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more Sunday if the Lord allows me. Another perplexing passage of Scripture. Jesus was there on the cross, and I am closing. I am closing. Oh, I pray that our prayer would be that of Joshua. Lord, let the sun stop in its strength just for a little bit so that we can win our battles. But what we see in Luke 23, now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour then the sun was darkened the veil of the temple was torn in two and when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice he said father into your hands I commit my spirit having said this he breathed his last I'm going to get into more of this on Sunday but see when Jesus became sin for us sun was eclipsed. The moments that he bore all, see the Bible says he was made sin for us. He put his complete trust in the Father that if he would be the sacrifice for all humanity's sin, he had trust in the Father to bring him back into righteousness. So all of creation understood 
wasn't just a cosmic coincidence. There was darkness over the whole land because God the Son and the human, this last Adam, became sin. The S-U-N, for a moment, was darkened. The S-O-N, for a moment, was darkened. But on that third day, that stone was rolled away. Wasn't a man that rolled it away. It was the angelic host that came down and rolled the stone away. And then the S-O-N came and began to shine brightly the righteousness. And the sun was up on that third day morning. Folks, it was a resurrection of righteousness because the sin could not hold him. The grave had no claim upon him. Hell didn't want him because they couldn't contain him. He stepped forth there as the righteousness of us, oh God. Innocent. So he could declare you innocent. So that you could walk knowing that you're approved and accepted by God. Is that good news? That's, that's gooder than good, amen? That's good. That's the best news. We can't know how good the good news is until we know how bad our bad news is. And our bad news is, is we were alienated from God, but God wanted us back, and he longed for to have us, and he stopped at nothing to get us. And so he can pass land and sea. He stepped out of heaven onto the earth, and he walked the face of the earth, and he did so as a perfect human in a perfect form, in perfect connection. Oh, it's beautiful. You begin to discover how the Lord was not intimidated by the devil. In fact, everywhere he went, he's like, that's mine, and that's my father's, and that's my father's, and they belong to my father, and they're not going to live that way anymore because... They belong to my father, and that one's mine, and that one's mine, and you can't have this one. And devil, get out of that one because they belong to me. That's not what I had planned for them. I got better plans. I got better plans. And he's telling you tonight, I've got better plans than you can imagine. You don't belong to the devil. You belong to God. He didn't call you out to chain you up like a dog in the backyard and throw scraps at you. He brought you into the house. Set you at the table. Stop acting like a mangy dog. Come up and sit down in the firstborn son at the table and taste and see God is good. Some of you are so close to a breakthrough, it's not even funny. I mean, you're on the weeping may endure for the night. But let me tell you, joy, joy, joy is right here in this morning. What is the joy? It's the sun of righteousness beginning to lose. Come on, stand up, stand up. Come on. I, I, I feel the power of deliverance in this house tonight. 
you've done it your way long enough and it's got you at the same old ditch that you keep crawling out of you know what a ditch is it's a grave with both ends kicked out you find yourself in a in a ditch just over and over and over the blind man uh, you're being led by some blind guy and they're both going to end up in that ditch now God's turning the light on. Someone needs deliverance. You need deliverance from this from this insecurity. You need deliverance from this wicked thinking uh, that you'll never measure up to God. Guess what? If you continue in that path, you won't. Uh, but let me say to you what he did for me, what he did for everybody in this room, uh, is he has delivered you uh, from that bondage of sin, uh, that bondage of Satan, uh, and gloriously he's given you power over yourself. My God, child of God, that thing that you keep saying has got a hold on you is not got a hold on you. You just won't let it go. Let it go. My God in heaven, I ask tonight, Lord God, that you would move in such a mighty way. Worship team, come on. Worship team, come on. I feel the deliverance of God. I feel the righteousness with healing in his wings beginning right now. Some of you need you. I'm not even going to beg you down here. If you want to break through, if you need deliverance right now, get out of your seat. Make your way to this altar. Come on. Come on. Just lift your hands up. God's going to touch you. You're going to step out of here different than what you came. Come on. Oh, it's Wednesday night, preacher. It's getting late. I don't really care. What I care is what your tomorrow's going to look like. Come on, church. Oh, merciful God. Merciful God. Draw them. Draw them, Lord God. Draw them, Lord. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. You're at that place right now. There's about to be an exchange. You're seeing for his righteousness. Come on. There's an exchange right now. Your worthlessness to his worthiness. Come on. Right now. Right now, there's some, uh, there's some more in here. Come on. Come on. The worship team is going to begin to lead. They're going to begin to worship. And right now, these altars are open. And in this altar is going to come alteration. Come on. Come on. I feel the deliverance of God in this house. I feel the Lord moving in this place. Come on. 